Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Nick Augustine, and I'm your host on this episode of Law Talk Radio, produced by Augustine Legal Public Relations, the event, media, marketing, and advertising firm for lawyers. Support for Law Talk Radio comes from Chris McCarthy of Northwestern Mutual. Chris McCarthy provides individuals and business owners with expert guidance and exclusive access to Northwestern Mutual's life and disability insurance policies. The Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. For on-demand links to all of our Law Talk Radio episodes and links to our host station, please visit our website and select the link called On Demand Episodes located at AugustineLegalPR.com forward slash law talk radio the title for today's show is strategic law firm marketing with bonnie buell russick and uh a quote from bonnie she says i love what i I love that what i do is creative and strategic i love that i get to work with a variety of different people and firms and i have some of the most amazing clients around i get great joy and a huge sense of accomplishment when i see my clients smile as they realize that their marketing strategy we're suggesting may be just what they need to take their firm to the next level. And as an entrepreneur herself, she loves helping other business owners reach their goals and watch their companies thrive. Bonnie is the founder and president of BBR Marketing, a firm that provides marketing services and strategy for professional service firms. Their extended staff understand how to help accountants, attorneys, engineers, and other consultants reach their audiences and grow their firms. Bonnie's 20 years of marketing experience is vast and varied, and has cre- she has created a woman whose work quality is best only by her determination constantly to better herself and her craft. Recently named one to watch on Accounting Today's list of the top 100 most influential people, she's an active volunteer with a number of organizations and a regular contributor to a variety of news and industry-specific websites. Bonnie is also excited to report that her clients, one of her clients' websites was chosen on this year's list of top 11 law firms websites by the lawyerist. You can find more about BBR Marketing by visiting their website at bbrmarketing.com. We do have a great show for you this afternoon, and your calls are always welcome at area code 917-889-9732. Please press option 1 to be placed in our caller queue. The telephone number again is 917-889-9732. By way of short disclaimer, this is a general information program, and the advice shared on our show by professionals did not constitute professional advice, uh, normally, or legal advice when we have lawyers on the show. Uh, communication with our attorney guests among guests and callers on the show cannot give rise to an attorney-client relationship. And if you have questions, you should always consult with an attorney in your area. Finally, all callers remain confidential and rights to this broadcast are reserved. Now I'm going to cover the uh, four segments for today. Kind of overview. First, uh, we're going to talk about does your law firm have a marketing plan? We'll ask that question. And if not, it's like starting on a road trip with no map. That's a good one. Second uh, segment, we'll discuss how to get most out of your website investment and why having a good website is vital to your law firm. Third, we'll talk about what is content marketing and why it can be a great business development tool for law firms. Fourth segment, we'll round the show out with talking about how you can pull it all together, keep it current, and still practice law. All right, without further ado, I'd like to welcome my guest, Bonnie Buell-Russick. 
Hi, how are you? I am doing well, Bonnie. Thank you for your time and being on our show today. Oh, thank you. I'm excited about it. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to be in a position where you do marketing and all this work for professional service firms. Sure. Um, well, I, um, as you mentioned in the bio, I've kind of been all over the place in my over 20 years um, of experience. And I, I, every time I say that, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm so old now. Um, but recent, before I started the firm about three years ago, I was the marketing director for a mid-sized accounting firm. And one of the challenges that I faced in that role was finding outside marketing help to build websites or collateral materials or whatever it might be that understood the difference in professional services marketing as opposed to even B2B product marketing. Um, and they would try to put you know, stuff professional services into this model that just didn't fit and didn't work. Um, so I, three years ago, decided, you know what, I see a gaping hole in the market that I'm going to try to fill and um, started my own firm. Well, there you go. And it's uh, kind of similar to my story, except I went to law school and I didn't want to practice law. I'm happy practicing public relations instead. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, well, let's jump right into the to the gist of it. Uh, you know, um, before the show, we were just talking briefly, um, and there's just a point that I'd like to cover right up front. Um, we were talking about the uh, the importance of content, and uh, before we talk about a marketing plan, let's talk a little bit about um, some of the canned blogs. Again, I see a lot of this where vendors and companies offer the same content that's going on different people's websites, and Google just doesn't like it. Bonnie, you want to uh, share what your thoughts were? What were we just talking about? Sure. Um, I, I mean, I, actually, I understand the appeal of um, certainly, you know, purchasing the canned content. It's, you know, typically it's fairly well written. It can be pretty generic. Um, and, you know, it's a very quick and easy way for you to be updating your blog. Um, the problem is um, with Google's latest Penguin update, um, it can really hurt your search engine optimization um, because of the fact that the new algorithm goes out and looks for the original post of an article, say. And, you know, if, when somebody does a search with the keywords that would bring that up, it'll bring up what Google sees as the original version of that article and completely eliminate any duplicate versions of that from the search at all. Um, so it can actually keep you from showing up in a a Google search that you may normally would have been in. Yeah. You know, what What about titles? I mean, uh, well, oftentimes we find titles to something else um, and put a title in a blog with a link. I wonder if that's a problem or if they've figured that out. They probably can tell you if you just have a title and a one-sentence synopsis of something you found, you know, if you're giving someone a link. Yeah, I, think that, I don't think that's as much of an issue. I think it's really the, you know, the canned content. And even, I mean, if, if you are going to be using an article in multiple places, um, I, th I think the rule of thumb, and I, I would need to look this up to be absolutely sure, but you need to change at least about 30% of the content, and the most most of the changes need to be in the top third of the article, yeah. um, because that's that's what they're looking at. So you know, if you if you write your own completely unique introduction, and then you know paste it in, in, in the, your 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 chances of being um, you know kicked out of a Google search is less, but you know you still have those chances. You know, there's so much interesting that's uh, interesting things going on with the world of SEO. I get all the emails from all the different um, you know companies that put out a lot of the information on that, and it's <laughs> you can spend your entire time just working on that alone. But um, let's go focus on uh, marketing plans now. Let's talk about uh, marketing plans, whether firms have one. If not, it sounds like they need to uh, get going. 
Yeah, I think that's that's what a step that many firms kind of skip. You know, I, I get a lot of phone calls um, from, you know, whether it be attorneys or accountants, whatever, that are like, oh, you know what, we need a new website. Our website's 10 years old and it hasn't been touched in ages. We need a new website. Um, and I start asking questions about, well, who is your market? You know, what uh, services do you really want to feature? You know, who are your – tell me about your partners. Uh, and, and most importantly, what makes you different from every other firm that's out there? And I get blank stares. They're like, no, 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 we just need a website. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, I I am a huge believer that until you figure out, you know, who you are, your place in the industry, and what makes you different, um, you know, that's how you wind up with, you know, websites, collateral materials, whatever, that all look the same. And your market has a hard time, you know, figuring out, you know, which which law firm to call um, because, you know, they all look the same and they'll end up starting to get commoditized, which is definitely not anything that any attorney wants to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so when they're talking about a marketing plan, we agree that we need one. Where do we start? I think the the best place that we start when we work with firms and, you know, even whether you bring in a marketing consultant or just somebody from the outside, it does help to have somebody that is not working for your firm kind of leading the conversation. Um, and the first thing that we do is to kind of take that huge umbrella look at the firm and say, you know, what are your primary services and what are the things that you really want to grow? Um, what, you know, practice areas have been the most profitable? And, you know, so kind of take a look. at It, it brings in your finances and everything like that. Um, who are your favorite clients? And let's take a look and even put together a personality profile and a on them and, you know, where where are they located? Um, what's the market as a whole doing? Um, you know, all these kind of really big picture things, but what comes out of that is a really clear picture of your firm and the, the clients that you want to go after, the differentiation in your message. So then you can say, okay, our objectives are we want to grow by 15% um, in the next 12 to 18 months and add five new clients and whatever your objectives are, you know, they're built on some, you know, strong research and um, discussion. So they they should be achievable. Now, once we have our goals and we know what, you know, who we're going to target, you know, let's say that we're valuing referrals because we know we get a lot of uh, clients from referrals, other professionals, et cetera. Um, what are a few things that we might want to put in our plan? Do we, you know, do we want a very diverse plan, or do we just want a few things, or does it really just depend on uh, on the firm and your experience? Um, I, I hate to be all hedgy about it, but it really does depend on the firm and you know how you're going to implement this. Is there is there a marketing person on staff at say a larger firm who is going to be in charge of? making sure all this happens, or is this something that, you know, a few partners are going to have to work into their very busy schedules. Um, but, you know, the idea, the most important thing, I think, is to look at where those clients are, where those referral sources are coming through from, and then figure out the best way to reach them. And sometimes that could be, you know, through very traditional things, like you think of a networking event or hosting a seminar and bringing people in or even open house, things where you're actually meeting people face-to-face. In other cases, you know, something even as new as social media or those kind of tactics can be truly effective. Um, but, 
you know, putting together the plan of how we're going to go about doing this and making it a regular part of um, your schedule and being consistent with it is, is probably going to return the best results. And, and another thing that I'd like to add, too, is the things that people already enjoy doing are good selections. I've always found because if you, you know, for example, social media, um, if you know, some some people want you know, our firm to do their social media for them, and that's fine if we have the content prepared, you know, well. But sometimes, you know, I if you can do your own and you generally like and enjoy and spend time on LinkedIn, there's so much you could just mining for prospects or opportunities. But that's not for everyone. So some people really like to sit down in a quiet place and write. So you know, I don't think there's any right answer or any wrong answer. It's just what you uh, personally enjoy doing because then you're going to be motivated to do it. Those are my thoughts. Oh yeah, no, I think that's absolutely true. Um, I, you know, I do think in some cases I've seen, um, you know, so a, a young intern or some, you know, even a, like an administrative assistant kind of given the job of social media, and um, that can be a really good strategy. But I do think the one thing that um, and, and law firms tend to be much better about this than some others, but you need to make sure that you have a clearly defined social media policy in place. So, you know, people, anybody that's on there is aware of what is appropriate, what is not appropriate. You know, a 22-year-old's definition of privacy is very, very different <laughs> than your average 55-year-old partner. <laughs> and we just all know that. And you know what? That's a really good point that you brought up. I remember an ABA teleseminar. I, um, I was uh, the the host of and one of the things that we talked about was making those policies but no one ever brought up the point the point that you're you know very right you know different ages and different um cultures different backgrounds different ideas on what's acceptable and what's not you know i mean there's some people who uh you know think foursquare check-ins are are too much you know why does anyone need to know where i'm grabbing lunch you know what if someone's here you know but other people you know they want to get the mayorship so they'll do it mm-hmm. Yeah, or the coupons. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. So when we do our marketing plan, um, what do you suggest? You know, we'll probably revisit some of these topics uh, again later in our program. But we have this marketing plan. Should in, how long should you go before you're reviewing things? What should be the uh, you know part where you're looking at metrics and how much time you're spending? Should it be a monthly, a quarterly, or or weekly? Um, well, again, I think it depends on the on the firm, of course. I, I'm trying not to be too repetitive with that, but I think it's a living document. Um, I think it's something that you should be looking at on a really regular basis to check in and say, you know, are we are, are we sticking to the plan? Are we following the schedule that we put together? Um, you know, as far as metrics and things go, you know, you you can't you know hop on Twitter and a week later expect to have you know clients streaming through the door, but, you know, taking a look at those metrics on a regular basis so you can see the small moves um, in addition to, you know, the big moves that you'll hopefully see every six months to a year, I think is a valuable exercise. Mm-hmm. I agree. And uh, it just it seems that, you know, sometimes I, I always think that following up is some of the hardest things in, in business development. And, uh, following up, you know, applies to the new prospects, but also to your marketing plan. It's so easy to start one of these and then put it aside. So I don't know. I always wonder whether people can find some way to build in some level of accountability. And um, you know, sometimes that's why there's a benefit of having someone else uh, in it with you besides just you and yourself. Yeah, I mean, I think just uh, you know, somebody to keep you 
to, to keep you on track a lot of times is helpful. Um, and to keep it as a priority. It's it's easy, you know, when you get busy to say, oh, okay, we'll, we'll worry about the marketing and the networking and the business development activities later. Um, but what happens is, you know, you finish that big project or, you know, that case is, is, is solved or completed and um, suddenly you're sitting around twiddling your thumbs wondering where the next the next batch of business is going to come from. Right, right. So that has to be a consistent thing. Um, and, you know, with sales cycles in, in law firms can be, depending on your practice area, some can be really long and some can be rather short. So keeping that in mind, too, is, is important. Very, very good points and tips. We're going to pause for our first set of breaks, uh, messages, and we're going to be right back with segment two. We'll talk about getting the most out of your website investment and why having a good website is vital to your law firm. All right, I want to tell you about the Divorce Expo 2012. It's going to be here in Chicagoland. Mark your calendars. It's actually next Saturday, the 18th of August, uh, located in Naperville. And uh, here is a quote from one of the organizers, Mr. Juiced Alrod, uh, who is the organizer of the Divorce Expo. Expo that takes place in a few different cities. I think there are four or five around the uh, continental United States. Um, the Divorce Expo, he says, is an initiative that helps to aim families from all backgrounds, help them navigate successfully through relationships in transition. This initiative was born out of one of the producers, Mr. Juiced Allard's, uh, own experience with the divorce process. Each event offers educational sessions and the opportunities to speak with professionals to find new ways to work on improving improving the relationship, select the appropriate path through divorce, if appropriate, and how to move forward with successful, um, be successful afterwards. Uh, he goes on to say, people come away with a sense, a better sense of control over the process and therefore a better sense of direction in their lives. Expo 2012, it's going to be here in uh, Naperville in Chicagoland this Saturday, the 18th of August. You can uh, Google the Divorce Expo 2012 and find links with all sorts of information. Also, want to let you know about Chicago Now has a new family law column. I am the author uh, of the Friends in Family Law, which is a new column, again, on family law, uh, posted by Chicago Now, a Tribune Media Group publication, uh, featuring real stories in and out of court. Nick Augustine interviews the folks who work in the family law industry, and those who have tips and stories to share with our Chicago Now readers. Please visit Chicago Now forward slash family law for more information about our new weekly column. All right, back to our program. We have our guest, Bonnie Buell-Rusick, and we are talking now in segment two about getting the most out of your website investment and why having a good website is vital for your firm. Bonnie? Yes. Um, you know, certainly what comes out of a lot of marketing planning processes is the need for a website. Um, if you don't have one already, and oftentimes it's it's time to take a look at, you know, the site that you have and see if you could be getting more out of it. Um, I I think, you know, any, you think about your office, and, you know, most attorneys um, invest a good deal of money in, you know, creating an atmosphere that is professional, that creates a certain mood and feel, you know, when you walk in, the leather furniture, the fresh flowers, all these, you know, things that make for a beautiful law firm office and lobby. Um, and, you know, you, on a good year, you may have a couple hundred people come through your door. And I think that's important. You know, you're definitely, that's part of your brand. That's part of who you are. But if you think about that in terms of how many people, by comparison, are going to your website, it could be 10, 20, 100 times as many people 
are going to your website and making the exact same sorts of decisions and judgments about your firm, its professionalism, and its ability to meet their needs as they do when they walk in your door. Um, and I think you know a lot of times the website is not um, necessarily communicating the image that you want to communicate. Well, so that brings us back to our branding discussion and uh, really figuring <laughs> out what we want to say and how we want to say it to people. So what are some thoughts on uh, trying to hone in on that message? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, a whole lot of it, you say, it goes back to the, you know, putting together your plan and figuring out who you are as a firm and, you know, where you fall in the market. And then hopefully putting together a website that communicates that very clearly, very succinctly, keeping in mind, you know, people tend to have, the last statistics I saw was, uh, two to three second attention spans when they come to your website um, if they're doing a search. And if they can't find what they're looking for in two to three seconds, they're going to more likely leave and go to the next website rather than spend the next four or five seconds looking for what they need. So mm-hmm. um, there's definitely some time and attention that needs to be put into um, you know, websites just for something as easy as you know huge long blocks of copy are, just have to go. Oh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> communicating that information in you know in in bullets using subheads using you know very down to earth language um that is you know carefully keyworded so that you you'll be more likely to show up in searches but yet also sounds intelligent and is written well uh so you know when people are reading it they're going to get very quickly you know what they need to about your firm Right, right. Another thing I'd like to talk about with you is, uh, well, navigability and frequent updates. Uh, I find that, and just my experience has been that, you know, because I was psych background before I went to, uh, you know, from undergrad, and I always, you know, really enjoy sensation, memory, perception, and all that, and what motivates people. And I think that when people go to a website that looks like all the other websites they're used to going to, um, and I'm not saying your website has to be overly templatey, but uh, I think that people are more comfortable when something's navigable in a way that they can find the nav bars, you know, and the site's organized and the different page headers have, uh, you know, descriptive names. You know, you should your services page should say services. Like I always say, don't make it, you know, a cute other name doesn't help people, you know, immediately, uh, you know, check things out. So what are some of your thoughts and tips on navigability and um, and then, you know, frequently updating the content, you know, on a how mm-hmm. frequent basis? No, I I agree completely. I think sometimes we can go too far with trying to come up with a creative site and, you know, make it uh, overly clever, and then it makes it really difficult to find what you need, and that just annoys people, frankly. Um, You know, having – but, again, I agree with you. You know, you don't necessarily – have to have everything in the exact same place as every other website out there. You know, maybe your navigation goes down the left column rather than across the top or down the right side. I mean, it doesn't, as long as it's easy to find what you need, it doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily have to be in the exact same place all the time. Um, I do think updates, if you have any desire um, to show up in Google searches, um, are very important because, you know, even with the new algorithm, Google still goes out and looks for new information first. Mm-hmm. So that's where, you know, things like blogs come into play. Um, it's, you know, an easy way to keep your site updated 
because you know your services aren't going to be changing and ultimately you're probably not going to need to change those sections very often but you know if you can put up a new blog post every week or two weeks um that'll keep your site fresh keep people you know coming back to look for more mhm right you know you know and then the keywords i'm sure you know a lot of people uh you know keywords change over time uh the things that you know whatever people call things you know things change over time so i always say too uh you know as you should probably change your copyright notice on your site once a year you know take a look at and and, and like bonnie is saying you know, most of your pages are you know your contact page is always going to be probably the same your services might not change but i bet if you go through um you know some people who will pay a lot of good money for a site uh, go back and then look at it, you know, a couple of years later, and say, "Wow, we don't even you, we don't even offer those practice areas anymore, and it's still out there." Uh, you know, time goes by really quickly, and we don't realize how stale some of these things can become. Um, you have an- no, I I agree completely there. And another way that you can kind of keep things updated and keep really interesting information in there, on there, in addition to your blogs, is to think about. You know, depending on your area of law, um, you know, creating case studies about your clients. So, you know, when somebody goes to see what it is that you do, they can read an actual story about an actual client that you helped out, and it's much easier for them to put themselves in the shoes of that client in that sort of format than reading what can be kind of dry services information. Right, right. Now, where would they put case studies? Where is an appropriate place for that? Is it a separate page usually? What do you think? You know, I've seen it it done a number of ways. Um, I know we just recently did a website for a firm that has three main practice areas, and we have a, you know, kind of a scroll bar of images that goes, you know, kind of like a slideshow on the home page. And each one features the different service area, but then it also allows you to click through to the case study. So we tend to tie the services to the case studies in that case. Mm -hmm. Uh, Something else to keep in mind, too, is the number two clicked page typically on most sites, I mean, their home page is, of course, going to be number one. But the second most looked at pages are the um, partner bios and the partner profiles. Mm-hmm. And making those pages interesting and showing a little personality is not a bad idea. Uh, people tend to work with people that they like and that they can relate to and that they feel has something in common with them. So, you know, put something in there that's interesting. I, I recently did a bio, um, actually about a year ago, for a client uh, who was launching a new law firm and. You know, one of the questions I asked him was something about hobbies, and he said he loves scotch nosing, which I learned was what? <laughs> the term for scotch tasting. Um, oh, no, so, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does, but I didn't know that at the time. Um, so <laughs> I actually wrote that into his bio, and when he got it back, he's like, I don't know, you know, that that might not, it's, does that make me sound like a, a lush or something? <laughs> And I said, you know what, let's let's leave it in there for six weeks. I mean, at any point, if you decide it needs to come down, we'll absolutely take it down, no problem. I said, but just let's just run a test. And I'll let you know in that six weeks' time, he got four phone calls from prospects who wanted to meet with him and wanted to do so over a glass of scotch. Right, right. And, you know, and one of those I know, and I think two, turned into clients. So, well, you know, he's obviously a very talented attorney and is very, very good at what he does. But they had a point of connection with him that they may not have had with the other attorneys that on the websites that they were looking at. 
Well, you know, it's so true. And I, I know that, you know, myself, I've met so many people just through social media, and they'll refer clients because we end up talking about different similar interests. You know, uh, for example, uh, you know, I'm working with a firm in Los Angeles on the NFL concussion cases. Well, a friend of mine, you know, uh, who we had similar friends in common, it was all based on, like, football talk on Facebook back and forth. And then I was in L.A., and she said, oh, you should come by over here. And, you know, this place by UCLA has really good cookies and all this. And, you know, it just was the foundation that, you know, you just don't know. If you just be yourself, you know, we sometimes, as professionals, try so hard, especially in law school, they, they sort of, like, form your brain into, like, this is how you must look, act, feel, and walk. And if you're, you know, because they're preparing you for big firm life, you know, so, uh, you know, if you're going to go to a big firm, like, they literally told us, we're this color, not that color, this stripe, not that, you know. Um, and so we are kind of molded as professionals into this, uh, what we think we're supposed to be, when actually who we are before we make that transition is really who, you know, people are going to, you know, like and, you know, come to and uh, refer us business and clients. So, Bonnie, very, very good points you're making. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I think it's the it's it's typically more the, the weekend persona that people want to get to know than the weekday persona. <laughs> right, right, right. Let's talk a, a little bit about pictures and video quick uh, on websites. Mm-hmm. Um, there's all sorts of back and forth on clip art versus, you know, actual photos of the person, uh, video. Who should you have in your video? Should it be the lawyer sitting at the table talking to the camera or testimonials of clients? What do you like? I think you can, um, if it's done well, you can see benefits from any of those options. Now, except clip art. I'm, I'm going to have to put the kibosh on clip art um, because I just think it makes you look absolutely kind of cheap and somewhat childish uh, most of the time. Now, you know, there are ways that illustrations can be used interestingly, but I think nine times out of ten, clip art really looks like clip art. Um, so I, I would try to avoid that. Um, but photos of your partners on there, absolutely. And on your LinkedIn profiles, on any anywhere where you have the opportunity to put a photo, put a photo. And have a professional photographer come and take those photos. Um, and, and think outside the box with that. Uh, it does not have to be the, you know, super, you know, kind of, you know, headshot in front of the gray drape sort of picture. Um, I've seen a lot of firms doing, you know, more casual or, you know, even pictures taken outside. Um, just something that adds an element of interest to it um, is, is, is going to make people want to look at it more. Um, video can be fantastic. It's, it's a great for your search engine optimization. Um, and video on your website will definitely um, make you come up higher in searches. Um, and, you know, having that video on YouTube and Vimeo and any other sites is good. But, again, you want it needs to be a good video. And if, you know, one of your attorneys is just extremely good and, and on video and can deliver a message well, then I would have them do it and not necessarily make everybody do their own videos. Um, look for what's going to put your firm in the best light and, um, you know, I've, I saw one recently where somebody was even using humor, and uh, it's it's a dangerous thing to go down that road, but if it's done well, it, it can make a real big impact. Right, right. I suppose as long as, uh, you know, what you portray is who you really are, I think that's uh, that's the important message. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And, you know, if you need media training, 
or, you know, public speaking training or something like that. There's lots and lots of services out there that can help with that and, um, you know, make sure that what you're putting out there is, is as good as it possibly can be. Very, very true. And to that, uh, to that end, I, I'm assuming that you do a lot of that media training. Um, you know, we do that, that as well. Um, you know, here in the Chicagoland area, uh, where do you serve most of your clients? We actually partner with um, some folks that do the media training. We don't do it ourselves, um, but yeah, we're, I'm based out of Atlanta, and but we work with clients all over the country. So um, we, we have we have partners everywhere. It's good to know that you do that in Chicago. We may be putting <laughs> the business your way. Well, it's uh, it's always a fun thing to speak. I, I talk a lot about you know d- different media outlets and um, you know traditional third party media, you know our big uh, press, but also a lot of the things that you can do on your own. There are many nice tips and tricks out there. It's just you know whether people want to learn it themselves or you know pay us to do it. You know, but we're we're quite happy to go in and um, you know talk to people and uh you know give them give them a ropes uh, uh too often i find that attorneys try to communicate with media professionals the same way they talk to other lawyers and it's just very different media is a kind of a soft industry and um you know they feel sometimes assaulted if you give them a pitch that's too long and everything so anyways there's a lot of good things to learn but we're going to pause uh, for our uh, next break and then come back with our third segment where we're going to talk about content marketing and why it can be a great business development tool for your law firm all right, a uh, couple more messages to tell you about. First, we want to uh, tell you about an upcoming radio show we're going to be doing in a series. The Vidito Law Group will be appearing on Law Talk Radio to talk about the NFL concussion cases. And the Law Talk Radio theme for September, when this is going to be taking place, is school safety and sports safety. And you might know our friends at the Vidito Law Group if you uh, have seen the movie Erin Brockovich was portrayed in. She's, of course, the modern-day David who loves a good brawl with today's Goliath. Aaron and the Vidito Law Group are teaming up to fight and change policy on several uh, issues and wrongs in the world, and uh, the Vidito Law Group is currently working on the uh, perceptions um, and policies uh, that people uh, believe out there regarding NFL player safety and what you should know about traumatic brain injury. Again, traumatic brain injury is a very uh, hot topic right now, and we're learning more and more about these issues. So keep checking in with us for more information about our school and sports safety month on Law Talk Radio. That's the month of September. Also, we want to let you know about a special offer from the Law Bulletin Publishing Company and Chicago Lawyer Magazine. Listeners have until the end of September to take advantage of the Law Bulletin's combo package that you can find more information at lawbulletin.com forward slash combo. And if you sign up for the uh, combo package, you will get a print and online daily version of the Chicago Daily Law Bulletin plus a one-year subscription to the Chicago Lawyer Magazine, all for $159. So that's a good discount. Don't forget to check out the Around the Water Cooler articles where my colleagues and I share tips and stories with our Chicago Lawyer Magazine readers. All right, so again, it's uh, lawbulletin.com forward slash combo to receive uh, an annual subscription to Chicago Lawyer and uh, Chicago Lawyer uh, Magazine. Now back to our program with Bonnie Buell-Rusick. We're talking about everything marketing today and uh, actually Topic or uh, title of our show is Strategic Law Firm Marketing with Bonnie Buell Rusick, and we're talking about different strategies and things. And of course, uh, one of the themes that we talked about over and over is that it's really uh, an, a 
the, the issue of marketing solutions and plans and strategies really depends on the firm, depends on the personality. What we're really trying to do is enhance the best of you and share that with all of your potential customers, referrals, and, and our clients. So now in our third segment, we'll talk a little bit about content marketing and why it can be a great business development tool for law firms. Bonnie? Yeah, I think this is one of the areas that we're going to see grow more and more um, on law firm websites and even just as part of the strategy for business development. Um, and content marketing is is basically, you can kind of think of it as, um, a lot of people define it as, you know, a blog, but it's it's really any sort of content that you're creating and putting out there in the market. So certainly a blog is one way that can be done, but... You know, I think a lot of times, um, you know, there's a lot of public relations opportunities with the content market or the content that's created. Um, I've seen this, and, and you probably can comment on this better than I can, but I've su- seen successfully, uh, well, this successfully work where, you know, you, somebody writes a blog post on a particular hot topic, um, takes that same content, tweaks it a little bit, makes it a little more formal and article-like and then pitches it to, say, you know, a manufacturing industry publication, if that's the area that firm is focusing on. And a lot of times I've actually seen them get picked off because, you know, a lot of those publications are short on staff and mm-hmm. for good content. And if it's not salesy, if it's well-written, if it's communicating information that's going to be valuable to readers, um, it's you'd be surprised that, you know, frequently you can actually get coverage that way. So um, I, I see content marketing as kind of a, a broad category under which a lot of different tactics live. Okay. Tell us a little bit more about that, different sure. tactics. Um, you know, I think I think one of the biggest challenges a lot of times where you can see a lot of benefit, of course, and firms are starting to add these a lot, is is, is blogs. And um, I mean, I think the main goal of blog blogging is well. There's two. One would be it definitely helps your search engine optimization, but two, um, it allows you to kind of create an inf- your an information resource on your site. So it becomes a destination that people want to come back to. People want to see what it is you're talking about. Um, if you're putting out, you know, valuable tips, information about the latest you know, ruling that was out there or, you know, things people can do to avoid going to jail, whatever the, you know, the topic might be. Um, if it's if it's interesting and valuable to people, they will they will start coming back and will, will look to you as an information resource. And then when they actually need the help of an attorney, um, you're typically going to be the first one they call because they've been reading you for, you know, who knows how long. Mm-hmm. Well, right, and that's a good, uh, you know, what uh, you never know who's on the other end who sees things and who doesn't. There are people every now and then who I will, you know, just here's just an example from Facebook. I'll, you know, share a picture of, uh, you know, whatever something is, and, uh, you know, someone will chime in and, you know, oh, they'll click the like button. Well, that person is probably also seeing a lot of other content and things, and you just, it's, it's a one-way experience sometimes. You don't always get the feedback and dialogue from people out there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of funny, and I've seen different statistics, and you may have seen this too, but for every one comment, it's something like 20, 25 readers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, it depends on, you know, what type of site and everything you're talking about. But just because there's not a lot of conversation going on doesn't mean that people aren't seeing and absorbing your message. Right, um, right. You know, there's a lot of voyeurs out there. So, um, you know, I, I don't think that, you know, if you're, your 
comment section is 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 kind of uh, empty and dry, that that necessarily means that you're not getting some benefit from it. Mhm, mhm. You know what? You bring up a, a a good point that I'm thinking about, like all the things that people see. Um, some people sometimes struggle in how to put types of content together because they don't want to give away the store. Mhm. Um, I think there's a balance there, um, and a lot of times I've, I've I actually I've told some of my clients this, um, who have said very similar things, and. Uh, very few people, well, especially with law, are going to decide they're going to represent themselves. Um, and in most cases, the information that you're putting out there, just m- even if you're giving them details on how they could go and take and do it themselves, really what you're doing is you're you're showing them the complication of it, that there's a lot more to it than just X, Y, and Z. And most of the time what it does is it convinces them that they do indeed need an attorney to help them with whatever whatever it is you're talking about. Um, there's there's a strategy out there that you may have heard, heard of referred to as creating FUD, which is fear, uncertainty, and doubt. <laughs> and a lot of times, and this, this, you know, works well for attorneys a lot of times too, is, you know, the idea of, you know, you're giving enough information and actually giving a lot of information, but all that does for your readers is educate them on the, how complicated a lot of issues are and convince them that they need your help. That's a very good point. The complicate, you know, that there's so many resources out there that so you can do all this stuff on your own. And I think people get the message from a lot of the vendors, and some of them are appropriate matches for people. Um, you know, you can go to certain vendors for simple things that you know, but uh, uh, not all matters are simple. And there are certainly times that the you know things are, are so complex that you do need a an attorney. And, and you know, the, I see the benefit of. Um, you know, someone who blogs about a topic, obviously they work in that area and they do understand the complexity as, as opposed to someone who has a website that lists everything under the sun, but they might not really focus that heavily uh, of their practice in that one area. Mm-hmm. And and two, you know, just keep in mind that you don't have to write it yourself. Um, there are many, many ghostwriters out there. That's That's actually a decent portion of our, our firm business. And you know, finding too. the right, uh, yeah, I was gonna say it's probably for you too. Um, finding the right ghostwriter can be a challenge, and you know, I, I, we could talk about that for the next hour probably. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, that is that is an option that you would be really surprised how many firms and attorneys out there are using that. And once you find a good fit, I mean, it's it's an incredible process of just saying, okay, these are my ideas. You know, jot out a quick email. And these are the resources that you need to look at. And, right. uh, you know, two days later, you've got a full-blown blog post there that you just have to look at and, you know, make two little corrections to, and there it goes live. Um, yeah. the, way, the way I explain that, and um, you may use the same argument, is my billable rate is much less than their billable rate. <laughs> so paying paying us to do the writing makes a lot more sense than for them to take that time away from client work. Opportunity cost. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, another thing uh, when we talk about content marketing. So let's you know let's take for example we're talking about our constant contact newsletter that 
you know, people put out, you know, one of the things that I do, you know, with my clients, you probably do something similar is, you know, we'll take our aggregated, you know, monthly content and blogs, you know, package it all with some events and tips or whatnot in, you know, kind of a nice newsletter that's just kind of, it's not too much to read. It's real simple, you know, and again, not a lot of text, more links to things. Um, and I have told people that, you know, when they're looking at the open rates, um, the value of sending something out like that monthly is not only the amount of people who open it, but just, you know, you see things, you know, I've got my outlook open, so I see what's coming in and I don't even have necessarily have to open it to remember that that person's there. Right. Right. And I've, I have had personal experience with that. We do the exact same thing. Um, we send out a monthly newsletter that basically takes the blog content and any additional little announcements and, sends it out to our database, and it's kind of the difference between inbound and outbound marketing. Mm. Uh, you know, we're pushing out the content to people. And our our list is not enormous, but I, I can't tell you, there's probably only been two or three newsletters in the last three years where it hasn't led to at least one call or one um, email from somebody that's like, oh, hey, right. I talked to you a couple of years ago about such and so. We weren't ready for that then. Now we are. Let's get together. Right. Um, it is. It's a simple reminder that you exist. Right. And it works. Well, you know, and what it does is it creates top of mind awareness. So, um, if someone, you know, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of a guy named Dave right now, because I always see his uh, environmental law blog. You know, so someone said, you know, who do you know for environmental law? You know, here in Chicagoland area, he's the first person I think of because. I see it all the time, um, you know, and he'll and he'll know something. And even if I call him and he's busy or doing something else or uh, there's a conflict, he'll refer it out to someone else. So, uh, again, it's, you know, it's hard sometimes to think, you know, we put so much work in these things and shoot them out there to the world. And, you know, sometimes we'll get a couple of responses. And it's easy to think people don't know and people don't care. But just as Bonnie's saying, uh, oftentimes someone just out in public will say, oh, by the way, you know, I read your, I, I read your stuff, you know, keep it coming. It's great. You know, I use some of it. You know, I wish I could see more. Um, what are some of the content uh, comments that you hear, Bonnie? Um, I always find it interesting that uh, people tend to focus on the fun blog posts more so than mm -hmm. the uh, really deep informational ones. We, we have a personal experience with that. We, we have an office dog and um, who, uh, you know, I hope doesn't start barking in the background because he does have a way of doing that. But, you know, it, and, and everybody, all our clients know it, and every once in a while there will be a bark in the background. It's like, oh, well, there he goes. Well, we actually wrote a blog post on that recently. It was um, Kelly's idea that works with me. And she goes, you know what, I think we need to just tell everybody about him. And we did. And i got to tell you, that one we pushed out in our latest newsletter, I got phone calls. I got pictures of people's dogs. I got <laughs> emails. I mean, it's it's funny to me how, you know, people really, really like to relate on a personal level. Right. And, you know, you have a cute black lab and everybody wants to talk about it. Exactly. Um, and, you know, so I think a lot of times, you know, it, don't be afraid when you're putting together blog posts to, you know, throw in a fun one every once in a while. Um, link it to a um, a current event or, you know, I actually, you know, know somebody that's a financial advisor and is, you know, putting together some Olympic-related blog posts. Um, so, you know, there's, uh, that's the kind of thing that people are, you know, thinking about and talking about. So, oh, yeah. you know, take advantage of that fact. There's no reason uh, why not to. 
Right, right. I was just, I'm thinking like the one with the, how, what was it, the medals, you know, that they pay taxes on the medals they receive in the, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. that right there, you know, what else is tax, I mean, so you got an accountant could talk about that, a tax lawyer could talk about that, and it's interesting things, and it's tangible, and it's current, I really like those, very good ideas. We're going to pause quickly for our last break, and then we're going to come back in our fourth segment, and our fourth segment we'll talk about how you can put all of this together and still practice law. Uh, first, I want to tell you a couple sponsor messages. Again, here uh, about our company here at Augustine Legal Public Relations. Again, we work with lawyers who want more clients and a better practice. While some hire us to produce all their marketing and publicity, others want to learn how to do their own business development. So we visit Chicago-area law firms and teach attorneys and their staff how to leverage experience and accomplishments to attract new media coverage and help their potential clients and referrals find them and get to know them. You can email me for more information at nick n-i-c-k at augustine legal pr.com which is spelled a-u-g-u-s-t-i-n-e legal pr.com or dial 630-445-1724 for more information again that telephone number is 630-445-1724 also want to tell you about the brian law group they're a dupage county law firm that handles all the matters that affect your family including school law and animal law Attorney Susan Bryan is available to speak to your group and your members to learn what to do when they spot legal issues that affect families and uh, what you should know about protecting those families. So you can, again, email Susan directly at Susan, S-U-S-A-N, at Bryan Law Group, and that's with a Y, B-R-Y-A-N-L-A-W-G-R-O-U-P, for more information. Again, uh, Susan at BrianLawGroup.com. Also, uh, before we finish out our show, we want to tell you that the Augustine Legal PR newsletter page at AugustineLegalPR.com has a spot where you can sign up and receive free copies of our monthly updates and articles. We have a mid-month uh, email that's a marketing and publicity article uh, aggregator and then we have our end of the month email which contains short descriptions and links to our month's uh, Law Talk Radio episode so you can find and listen to them uh, anytime on demand. Also before we get back we want to remind you to please share our program and broadcast links in your social networks. Maybe many, many people find our shows on their friends Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn pages and we thank all of you for your support in sharing our programming. Now back to our program with our guest Bonnie Buell Russick, we're talking in our last segment about how you can pull all the marketing together, keep it current, and still practice law. Bonnie? Yes. Um, I think there's just you know so many ways that law firms can take advantage of a lot of the opportunities that are out there. And, you know, go back to what we were talking about at the beginning is, you know, the idea of putting together that plan of how you're going to tackle all these tasks that and all these opportunities and just take advantage of the ones that make the most sense for your firm and then, you know, put it on your schedule. Take a look at it all the time. Find somebody that's going to take care of this for you and you'll you'll really start seeing a lot of results. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, what are some good ways to manage all of this? Um, you know, there's a lot to do. You know, let's say we create our marketing plan. we got to book it in the schedule. Um, you know, what are some of your uh, thoughts and tips on that? You know, there's a lot of ways to tackle it. Um, I think in in some cases the person that's going to be responsible for that is, you know, a, a partner maybe that's been defined or the owner of the firm um, and, you know, just have to set aside whether it's, you know, the first, first 15 minutes of the day or the last 15 minutes of the day or, you know, Friday afternoon or whatever it might be. Um, block out some time in your schedule so that you make it happen. 
um, because it's very easy to, you know, have other things come up and fires that have to be extinguished and, you know, to quickly lose any ground that you've gained um, by just being distracted and not uh, handling it consistently. Um, you know, in some cases, uh, I know if you're not big enough to have a marketing director or a marketing person assigned on staff, and, you know, it takes a while before law firms will make that step to hire a completely non-billable employee, um, you know, there's a lot of outsourced resources. Um, you know, that, that, again, I feel like I'm shamelessly plugging at this point, but we, um, you know, we serve as the outsourced marketing staff for a number of firms around the country and you know they're able to basically see us as in the same way that they would somebody that was in their office they just see us on Skype rather than seeing us in person um so that that's certainly an option or you know you can even hire somebody full time or share a marketing person with with another firm um you know have them work for your firm part of the time and another firm you know the other 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 half of the week uh there's there's a lot of ways to do it it's just that figuring out the best way that makes the most sense and committing to it and being consistent with it. You know, there's a, uh, I agree, and there's a comment that uh, one of my clients always mentions. Her brother's law firm, uh, her brother had an uh, intellectual property firm, and clients would always call, they love to call the copyright and trademark lawyers with questions about what can I, can I copyright, you know, what can I get a trademark on the slogan. And um, a common phrase was, it sounds like this matter is important to you, and it'll be important to me when you um, write a check. And <laughs> And it's and you know and it's kind of funny it's kind of true though when we put money behind things we want we take them seriously and we want to know like what we're doing so you know that first hour of the day in marketing um, could be you know an hour that we could slack off or maybe a drink the coffee you know we end up on Facebook and looking at other stuff and not doing our own marketing but when you have when you really think about about your time and billable money and hours. Um, and you're paying someone else by paying another firm. You're putting money, and you want to see you've got more skin in the game now. Um, Bonnie, your thoughts on that? No, I think that's true. And um, you know, if you're, if you're going to be doing it yourself, um, finding an accountability partner, whether that be somebody in your firm or outside of your firm. I know this is um, a tactic that some of um, friends of mine have used who have their own firms that you know solo solo practices but they've established an accountability relationship where they check in with each other and encourage each other and kind of smack their hand if they didn't get done what they said they were going to do. You know, that's an option. But, you know, I think you're right. Um, if it's something that you're willing to invest in, then it's something that, you know, you're going to uh, continue to support and expect to see results. Um, you know, I think that goes with just about anything that we do. Um, and and we, we, you're expecting that from your clients, and you know, so you kind of, in some cases, have to make the same decision when you're looking at your marketing. Very, very true. Let me see what other questions uh, we talked about. Uh, oh, here's another thought. Um, marketing does not only exist on paper. Um, what are some tips for people in carrying their marketing plan with them when they go to court, when they go to a meeting, when they go to church, when they go to their kids' baseball game? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think a lot of it, there's a balance there. Um, I think, you know, we've all met the person who's constantly trying to shove their business card in your face, and we kind of find them to be annoying. Um, but, you know, what you do is a large part of who you are. And, you know, having conversations, and you can even start them. It's interesting, you know, you're sitting next to somebody at a kid's softball game. Well, you know, you're probably going to wind up talking 
to the person sitting next to you whose kid just scored a home run and, you know, what is it that you do? Let me tell you a little bit about what I do. Um, those kind of conversations are so easy to start, and it's amazing how often they can lead to business. Um, you know, t- looking at how your marketing efforts can work into a variety of different things, and, you know, this isn't necessarily a strategy for everybody, but we have an employment attorney that we work with who is very involved in his kids' softball team and is very, very focused on a particular neighborhood in Atlanta. And um, he purchased uh, one of the ads at the softball field. Now, that's not necessarily where you would think for an attorney to buy advertising. and But it was all these people that he knew. It was a way for him to tell them what it is that he does. And there's tons and tons of small business owners who have kids on this team. And... What do you know? He he, like in the first two games, he got three new clients. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's kind of sometimes thinking outside of the box. You know, uh, you, you can you don't necessarily have to, you know, stick to the tried and true. Try something new every once in a while. Exactly. Um, another thing that I'd like to talk about quickly is the viral nature of social media, and I realize that. Uh, <laughs> Well, viral nature in social media plus like who you're friends with on social media is an interesting thing where um, I'll have aunts and uncles who have very few people on there. And if I'm a frequent poster and someone who frequently shares information, I come up a lot on their page. Um, mm-hmm. You know, another thing is that there are, you know, I have a lot of lawyers uh, and clients on my page. But if I share something with them, they, you know, they have a whole new set. You know, it's like a Venn diagram. Everyone has their own little circle and their own little world um, in their social networks. So, you know, it's not like the entire – the list of people on Facebook who see things does not end with the people on my Facebook page. Oh, no, not at all. And if it's something interesting, not only will, you know, your friend's friends see it, but hopefully they'll share it and it can, you know, go from one to the other to the other and – you know, you never know how far it'll go. Right. Well, it's like retweeting things. Uh, you know, the more I talk about, don't worry about how many people you have on your Twitter, get retweeted by someone else. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think Twitter especially is um, quality over quantity. Um, <laughs> you, you, you want it to, you know, just because you have 10,000 followers, that could mean nothing. You know, you just make sure that you're creating the conversations and, you know, reaching out to the people that you want to get to know and want to communicate with, and you'll 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 get more benefit from that than just having a whole bunch of followers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Any other tips uh, you have on the concept of having your information go viral if someone's trying to, uh, you know, get more eyes on a, a bigger story or a bigger thought? Well, I think just putting it out there in as many different ways as you can is important. Everybody receives their information differently. And so put it out there so that in as many ways as you can. So we were talking earlier about an e-newsletter. So you have a blog post. You know, put it out in a monthly e-newsletter. Put it on your social media pages and have your other partners or anybody else in the firm put it on their social media pages. Um, Think about if it's appropriate you know, repurposing it and pitching it to, you know, local publications or industry-specific or uh, publications and, you know, as an article and see if you can't get coverage that way. Um, I'm all for, and, you know, I work with clients that are all on budgets, and I, I understand that. So the more mileage you can get out of one effort, the better that is. Um, just, you know, just keep in mind that, you know, Google's rules about multiple posting and things like that, but... Yeah, there is no reason in the world not to get um, as, as much mileage out of one effort as you can. It just makes sense. 
Right, right. Well, and I, I do like the idea of thinking of this like a um, diverse portfolio, just as you'd be investing. You know, Facebook, everyone thought, oh, it's going to be the next big thing to, you know, and people only focused on Facebook. You know, let's not forget about Yelp. You know, a lot of people, you know, look at what what uh, social media sites have the top, the top returns, um, and that's where you should focus your efforts because people seem to trust uh, you know, people trust to have, you know, there's a sense of Yelp reviews, for example, that people seem to, um, you know, you're getting third-party credibility. And, you know, you if you're a savvy reader, you can tell whether someone's a bozo or, you know, whether it's a, an articulable <laughs> comment. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's uh, things like, um, you know, Yelp is a very good one to take advantage of. There's a lot of industry-specific social media sites popping up, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm fairly involved and have done some speaking for one that focuses on the accounting industry called iShade, I-S-H-A-D-E. And it's, I'm noticing that there are, you know, accountants and attorneys are natural referral partners for each other. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm noticing, you know, some attorneys showing up there because they want to be a part of that network and get to know as many CPAs as they can. So, you know, when a legal need comes up, they're going to be the one that they call. So, you don't have to necessarily stick to the big three. Um, there's there's a lot of opportunities out there, and you know it's worth worth your time to take a look and and find out which ones make the most sense for your plan. Very very true. And again, again, folks, this stuff is changing all the time. So find the valuable professional who you can talk to and see what's currently going on, because you could go through and have a consult with, consult with someone from two years ago, and the entire landscape has changed. So uh, Bonnie, one more time, let people know how they can get a hold of you. Um, my website is one of the best ways to find me. It's bbrmarketing.com. Uh, my email address is bonnie at bbrmarketing.com. And we are on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, iShade. Um, so wherever, just just do a search for BBR Marketing or Bonnie Buell Resick and you will be, um, I will pop up in a variety of places. All right. Well, Bonnie, thank you for your time today. I really enjoyed having you as a guest. Oh, thank you so much. This has been a great deal of fun. All right, excellent. I'd also like to thank all of our listeners out there for tuning into this episode of Law Talk Radio, produced for you by Legal Public Relations and with support from Chris McCarthy of Northwestern Mutual. Chris McCarthy provides individuals and business owners with expert guidance and exclusive access to Northwest Mutual's life and disability insurance policies, the Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Law Talk Radio episodes are programmed to entertain you and bring you our legal industry professionals, consumers, and guests the tips, tools, and news you can use to be better informed practitioners and consumers. Again, this is Nick Augustine for Law Talk Radio, and as always, I thank you for your time. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.